I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Scottish Suns football podcast with myself, Roger Hanna, and columnist Des McEwen. Des, we're going to start with the champions, the Premiership leaders, Celtic at home to Hamilton Ackies. Round about this time last season, there was that shock 1-0 win for the Ackies. Alec Neal in charge. A lot's changed for both clubs since then. Can you see the Ackies staging a similar win this time around? In short, Roger, I don't. I think Celtic will come out on top in this game. I think Hamilton slightly different. They had Anthony Andrew last year. Uh, still going fairly well uh, and a credible one-all draw with Aberdeen recently at home. But, uh, I have to say that I think, uh, and obviously the victory at the weekend over Dundee United, but I just think Ronnie Dyla's Celtic need to continue to show positive results to their, their fan base and I think it would be inconceivable to lose to Hamilton again this time round. It's been an interesting week for the Celtic front line. Another goal for Lee Griffiths up in Inverness. Almost a goal for Carlton Cole. I think it was put down as a Danny Devine own goal in the finish up days. A goal for Nadia Sifji in the development to 11 on Tuesday night. Where, where does this leave Ronnie Dyla's striking options? Well, I think uh, Lee Griffiths is firmly the man in possession of the, the striking option. Given his form this season, I think it would be, again, inconceivable for him not to be the man to lead the line. I think the frustration for many Celtic fans is that they want to see another striker playing in home games, and indeed in most games, I think they would understand in Europe only setting up with, with one up front. I think while Ronnie Dyla continues to adopt a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-1-4-1 formation, I think you can bet your bottom dollar that it's going to be Lee Griffiths sitting up top. I've been really surprised how few games Sifty has played this season mainly because they paid so much money for him it's a seven figure fee which in this day and age is reasonably significant for Celtic and yet couldn't get off the bench against Ajax looks to be behind Carlton Cole now coming off the bench at Inverness um, with such a hectic schedule of games over the festive season surely he's going to get involved sometime Des I think that will be down to how Carlton Cole does now uh, Roger, I think that if Carlton Cole comes in off the bench and uh, does well, I think Chief Chief falls further down the pecking order. I actually quite like Chief Chief. Uh, I, I too am surprised that he hasn't featured as regularly. Obviously started with the ban in the league, so that obviously put, paid to any early action. I think he's the type of player that needs a run of games to get a up to the match fitness and uh, the speed of the game, and also to show the Celtic fans what he is capable of. It looks to me as well as, he, as if he's former in the United teammates, Stuart Armstrong, Gary McKay, Stephen. They've sort of gone off the boil as the year has gone on. Are they in danger of falling behind the likes of Callum McGregor and Tom Rogic who have come in and taken their opportunities? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think uh, Stuart Armstrong, particularly in Sunday in their mess, looked as if he was off the boil, his touch was out, and he's usually a very composed player. I like him, I think he gives the team some energy that they don't necessarily have in that midfield area. He's good at joining up with the strikers, but in recent times, he's not really shown that. And Gary McKay-Steven, I thought he, he, he worked away well against uh, Ajax, 
But again, I thought he actually looked physically tired when he came off. And I think that's down to the fact that he's not getting regular games. And I think that any footballer would tell you, you know, they need a run of games to get up to that level. Difficult windy conditions at the Caledonian Stadium as Johansson releases Callum McGregor. Space to attack the Inverness defence. McGregor going all the way himself. Splendid finish by Callum McGregor, scoring for the second game in a row. He scored against Ajax, he scored again here. Celtic's winning Inverness last Sunday, lifted them seven points clear of Aberdeen, now back in second place, courtesy of a win over Ross County. They start the weekend with a lunchtime kickoff on Saturday against Dundee at Dens Park, but it's been a long time since Aberdeen have managed to put together a back-to-back victory. McGinn goes inside, promising again for Aberdeen. This is now McGinn! That will clinch it! Yeah, after that fantastic start to the season, you know, everybody, including, I'm sure, the Aberdeen fans thought that uh, Aberdeen were going to pose a real challenge to Celtic, but they faltered dramatically after, you know, nine, ten games. I think the League Cup defeat to Hibs started that run of results. And uh, you just wonder, you know, they fell behind again Saturday against Ross County. But it showed good character to come out of the game with a 3-1 victory. I just think there's something missing in that Pataudry dressing room that was certainly evident early on in the season. Guys like Adam Rooney, Johnny Hayes, I'm sure they're going through the same process. It's just about probably a question of confidence now to kick it on again. Rooney scored at the weekend, he scored, Neil McGinn scored, I think Sunsports, Alan Poch described it as the luck of the Irish. Derek McInnes needs these three firing in all cylinders if Aberdeen are to, are to enjoy any success in the League of Cup this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you consider that Kenny McLean had started the season particularly well, came up with a, a lot of big goals, important goals, then I think he needs to chip in again as well. I mean, there's no doubt there are, there are talented players in that squad. They need to show the level of consistency that showed through the first round of games to really, you know, propel Aberdeen forward. He was Stuart and Hemmings, good play from Dundee, a shooting chance for Kane Hemmings, and he's taken it! You talk about consistency, is, is that a problem for Dundee this season? They seem to me to, to draw an awful lot of games mid-table, but they look almost as if they're maybe more likely to go down the way than up the way. Is this is this a significant game for them, given they got a decent point in the live game at Perth last weekend? Yeah, I think Paul Hartley's main frustration would be that he hasn't been able to, to put a run of victories together. As you're well aware, Roger, you know, you're something better winning one game and, and losing two rather than drawing two and, and a narrow defeat. And the third, it's about accumulating points, it's about accumulating confidence, it's about accumulating that little bit of arrogance when you go on the pitch that you know that you're going to win. I don't think the Dundee players are convinced at this time that they're going to go and win games. And I think that, that shows in their play, you know, that they seem to be rescuing points. They've certainly got plenty of forward-going players that can add something and, and take chances. Rory Loy has done particularly well, Kane Hemmings, Greg Stewart, obviously. But they just seem to be missing that little bit of consistency, as you say, that allows them to, to build on a victory or, or a significant draw and, and move forward. You always think that they're going to drop points in the next game. Aberdeen's win last weekend, it took them above Hearts. I was at Fur Park, I saw Hearts in the 2-2 draw at Motherwell on a stinking day weather-wise. Long ball forward allows So to take possession. An opportunity here for Hearts, surely here's Juanma. Brilliantly digged finish by Juanma and Hearts are level. Robbie Nielsen not wholly happy with the performances the last couple of weeks. Well, given the standards that Robbie and the dressing room have uh, reached this season, I think it's important that they do get a victory. I think they need to build on some of the positive results they had prior to the recent run of dropped points. And I, and I would agree, I think 
probably get into a home game at any time would think that Dundee would be a team that they should, and without being disrespectful, they should win at Tynecastle against. Last weekend at Motherwell, I think certainly Mark McGee was happier than Robbie Nielsen yeah. with getting that yeah. point. For Robbie Nielsen and Hearts want to be you know, challenging, and I'm not suggesting for the title, but for best of the rest, they need to pick up full points at the weekend. I was actually surprised. I noticed through the week they've handed out contract extensions to a couple of the lads who came in in the summer, Igor Rossi and Arno Jum. It's surprising when you look just how much the team has developed from the side that won the championship last season. You think of Rossi's come in, Jum's come in, Juan Mother, top scorers come in at the weekend. Blazes Augustine was in the team. Danny Swanson was in the team. They've added the likes of Gavin Riley. I mean, it, it just shows you that they have developed the team and, and they're building all the time. Well, I think that tells you that Robbie and undoubtedly Craig Levine, who's the director of football as well, has identified that they've had a group of players that were capable of winning the championship, which, let's be honest, was a surprise to a lot of people as well at the time. But they absolutely ran away with that. And I think it was about knowing that they did need to build on that. And again, fair play to Anne Budge and everyone behind the scenes there. There appears to be the finance available for Robbie to bring in players, extend contracts, which I have to say I think is quite an early stage to extend contracts at. But obviously Robbie's convinced that the players that he is looking to, to reward are worthy of that reward. So, yeah, it is a, it's a developing team and squad at Tynecastle, and I think it will continue to develop in, in the, the coming months and over the few seasons. Now, here, here's our opportunity to ask for a little bit of Sunsport product placement as we talk about <laughs> your column in the goals pullout this Saturday. Now, without giving away your fine words for Saturday. I, I think John Hughes uh, is a terrific manager. I think what he has achieved at Inverness is terrific. You, you look at when he took over in December 2013, Cali Thistle were sitting top of the Premiership. I think everyone considered that there was only one direction the club could go, and they did. They slid down the table. They finished fifth at the end of that season, 2013-2014. And nobody could have predicted the impact John Hughes would have had last season. A Scottish Cup victory, European football, third in the division, and the SPFL PFA manager of the year. I think what he has managed to do on what can only be described as a tiny budget in comparison to some of the other clubs and in particularly the champion Celtic is just remarkable what he's achieved and that's all down to the standards that he instills in his squad and the standards that he had as a human being and player. Well, a very competitive game as Johansson's pass goes to Armstrong. He's robbed though by Polworth. Good play by Polworth. That's Miles Storey. Great play by Miles Storey. The save by Gordon. Storey on the rebound and Cali Thistle at level. Everyone this season at the top end of the league talks Celtic, they talk Aberdeen, they talk Hearts. Beneath that, if you look at the top six, Ross County and St Johnson once again have punched above their weight. Now, Des, you don't take a drink. I'll pretend that, that <laughs> I don't take a drink. If people had said Ross County v St Johnson could be a battle for a European place, they would have thought we both had been taking a drink. <laughs> a counter-attacking opportunity here for County. Boyce has support all around him. This is Craig Curran. The angle is tight. And he squeezed it home. It's a fine finish by Curran. Uh, listen, I can't speak highly enough of uh, Jim, what he's achieved up at uh, Dingwall. You know, he, he went in after Derek Adams left early last season. You were looking at that thinking, you know, he had a real job in his hands. But it took him a few months, to be fair. But this season has just been fantastic for them. And nothing surprises you anymore about Ross County. They've got 
a real presence in the pitch. They, they have obviously a style of play that Jim has uh, introduced and, and has honed. And uh, listen, St Johnston as well, you know, Tommy Wright, and you want to talk about unsung unsung heroes to a certain degree, what Tommy Wright's achieved there, again on the budget, terrific. We, we always talk about, you know, Jim McIntyre's done well there, Tommy Wright's done well there. If we talk about players, it's maybe how well Michael Gardine's done or Liam Boyce at Dingwall or at Perth. It's Dave Mackay and Chris Miller again. But can it be a coincidence, Des, that the two clubs are successful are so well run by Roy McGregor at County and Stevie Brown following the good work of his father, Jeff, in Perth? I think that's significant, Roger. But I would have to say that irrespective of how well your club's run, if you've not got the right man in charge of the football operation, then it doesn't really matter. You know, there are plenty of well-run clubs uh, across Europe, but if they don't get the right manager in place, then that success off the pitch soon gets diminished. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It's about producing results on the pitch and to continue the owners of the clubs to, to build on the good foundations that they've built because if Ross County you know, hadn't taken the jag of introducing Jim McIntyre and, and getting the results Jim uh, obviously brought to the club last season, you get into the, the championship, it's more difficult to build on that business model. So, yeah, it's important the clubs are well run and, and the gentlemen involved, Roy McGregor and Stephen Brown, following on from Jeff, have done tremendously well there, but having the right managers in place certainly helps. Although we're getting forward early in the match, a challenge there in the air, it breaks there for Moulton's time. Turned in, and the goal stands. Hearts are furious about this. But Lewis Volk challenged Neil Alexander for the high ball. Alexander is yellow card for protesting. And I think the referee got this right. There was not much wrong with that challenge from Volk. I think Mark McGee and his comments after the game, and I know Mark's generally a very positive individual, but you could tell that he, he was enthused by the performance. And I think bringing back in some important experienced players helped. You know, McManus, uh, Lasley, these kind of guys are, are, are Hamill are always going to add something. Many people thought towards the tail end of last season that, that certain individuals had played their part. They were probably 
just coming to that stage in their career where any influence they, they would have was waning. I don't think that's the case. I think they're big players for Motherwell. And I think if you can have their steady and influence over some of the talent that's in there, these kind of guys in the dressing room, they'll nip certain things in the bud that need to be nipped in the bud. They won't allow slacking. They won't allow a bit of backbiting. I'm pretty sure, knowing the character of the men involved, you know, the likes of McDonald, McManus, Hamill and Lasley, Mark McGee can depend on them. Super reverse pass for Doolan. He's onside. And Thistle are ahead. Excellent finish by Chris Doolan. His fourth goal of the season. His third against Kilmarnock. were absolutely brilliant. Um, Stuart Bannigan came back into the team that had defeated Inverness the week before with a last-minute winner uh, from Ryan Stevenson. But um, he came back in for Sean Welsh and he really dictated the play. He sat in that midfield area. He was absolutely brilliant. And the big bonus for Alan Archibald is or was that um, up until Saturday, I think the 14 fixtures, they had scored, and 15 fixtures had scored 12 goals. They've now scored five in one game. You could see it coursing through the team, the confidence. Robbie Muirhead scores a worldie from about 30 yards, and the whole team take a lift from it. Spoke to Alan for quite a while after the game on Saturday, and he'll hope, or he is hoping, that they can just build on that again. I said, Mike, well, is Muirhead playing so well? Mixed with Pat Lionel has already indicated he's going to take him back to Tannadice in January. This is Robbie Muirhead. He's on that strong left foot. Well, that's a thunderbolt by Muirhead. Jamie McDonald left helpless. Well, Alan alluded to that. He obviously had said to me, I asked him the question, and he had said that uh, the agreement was until January, and the agreement was with previous manager Jackie McNamara. So I would be astonished if uh, Mixu Patelainen, who's looking to mix things up and uh, obviously add some fresh blood, doesn't take the opportunity to bring Robbie Muirhead back. Followed by Suter, that's a good one too. John Suter goes forward again. Well, that's a brilliant finish by Billy Mackay, and United have the lead. Excellent build-up play, this. A fine pass from Suter. Mitchell Patelainen's United, seven points adrift, days at the bottom of this league. They've lost eight of their last nine games. They've blown leads in their last two home games to lose to St. Johnson and Hamilton. And now they go to a Kilmarnock side who will be desperate to bounce back from that 5-2 defeat against Partick Thistle. Are you really worried for United or can they reel somebody back towards them? I think they can, Roger. But I think the more worrying thing for Mixu is that they've been ahead in games and then lost the games. I think that's the real worry. And I think that tells you something around the players' mentality and how fragile they are at the moment because I'm, I'm not suggesting for one minute that the, the players involved are, are mentally weak, but they clearly are fragile because, you know, you would think, desperate for points, they're going to do whatever they need to do to win games. And, and you know, with the, the best of intentions, when you go 1-0 ahead against Hamilton at home, ordinarily, Dundee United would have expected to take three points from that. Same previous week against St. John's. It's just not happened. And Mixon needs to do something dramatically and quickly to make sure that that seven points doesn't extend to eight, nine, ten. And well, Saturday is an opportunity, I have to say, because I wasn't hugely impressed with Kilmarnock. Granted, it was a horrible day, and Thistle got some good goals at times that kind of dampened their enthusiasm. They, they all need, the Kilmarnock players need to put in a shift the way that Josh McGuinness does. If every single Kilmarnock player you know, approached each game the way that Josh McGuinness did, then they wouldn't be in the position they're in, losing 5-2 at home. But listen, that's for Gary Locke to obviously consider and deal with. This is Balatoni. 
Good volley there by McGuinness. And he's beaten Scully with that. It's his seventh of the season. And Kilmarnock have a lifeline. We speak about Motherwell and the importance last weekend of bringing back the experience of Hamill and Lasley and McManus. Is that what Mixu Pakalain is trying to do at United with the signings of Guy Demel, 34, Ivory Coast International, Florent Cinema Pongol, 31, ex-Liverpool and Atletico Madrid? These are guys who will bring maybe the missing experience and just maybe a little bit of the calmness that, that, that has been eluding United. He'll certainly hope for that. I think that it's, it's also possibly a little statement that Mixu is making that it's not all about the young players and uh, certainly when things are going poorly you know it's ordinarily the younger players that the heads go down first but um, I think Mixu will go to tried and tested he knows the situation that Dundee United are in he knows that they are you know struggling and he'll know that at this point he can't really turn to any more youth players young players he's got to go with a bit more, as I said, tried and tested. We can look into the Championship. Matt Warburton's Rangers moved three points clear of Hibs. It's going to be another tricky weekend in the Championship, though, with the top two both away from home. It's Jason Holt. Tavernier outside him. Tavernier's cross. Holt with a header. The third consecutive match. He scored the opening Rangers goal. Rangers going to the throwers and still these doubts over the manager's future this. Yeah, well, there, there appears to be doubts listening to Mark Warburton after the victory on Tuesday night. He's no doubt, you know, he's in a project at Ibrox. He, he's, he's, you know, just started on that journey. Talked about, you know, the project for, you know, developing players, or developing a backroom team and developing a whole culture at Rangers. I think that can only be a good thing for Rangers because he's a, an individual who has really impressed me whenever he speaks. I think he, he talks a lot of sense. I think he speaks with no confusion. You know, it's pretty straight cut what he's saying. But I think you've, all, you've always got to think that other clubs will be monitoring the situation from uh, the English divisions. A lot of people speak very highly of him. So from that perspective... Um, it's one of those that you've just got to hope, you know, from Rangers' perspective, that they can hold on to him and he gets a chance to finish that project. Well, why has Matt Warburton not just killed this speculation regarding Fulham days by saying, I want to wait here for the long term, I have got a project, I want to I want to go and play Celtic in old firm games, I want to play at cup finals at Hamden, I want to take Rangers into Europe. He could just have nipped this in the bud and he's had two or three opportunities to do so. I think Matt Warburton is a very intelligent individual Roger I think Mark Warburton isn't likely to say very much that could come back to bite him and I think I like that about him I think uh, he knows football you know after his huge success at Brentford he was no longer there so I think he knows that things change very quickly in football so I don't think Mark Warburton's the type of individual to say something and then find out further down the line it's going to get thrown back in his face you said Rangers over the blip, 4 0 at home to St Marin Saturday in the Petrofax semi final, 4 0 at home to Dumbarton Tuesday night in the league. Holt again coming forward. Zellerin plays it wide. This is Waghorn. Oh, that's outstanding. Great finish here by Martin Waghorn for his 19th goal of the season. On both occasions, though, three of the goals coming later in the game. Is it a case that Rangers are having to, to wear down opposition almost? I think the difference between this part of the season and the, the first quarter of the season, let's say, is that I think Rangers took quite a number of clubs by surprise. I think the style of play is so different from what they were under Ali McCoist. I think clubs now have a better measure of how Rangers are going to set up, how they're going to play. So I think defensively other clubs can combat that, but being able to combat it for 90 minutes is a different 
thing altogether. So I think it has taken Rangers a bit of time and a bit of patience to get the opportunities to get the breakthrough and then to build on that. So in answer to your question, Roger, yeah, I, th- I think you know Rangers are fully aware that they need to be a bit more patient to get that breakthrough. Hibs have gone terrifically well chasing Rangers. Three points adrift at the minute. Falkirk behind them in third, done terrifically well. The surprise package for me in the Championship this season have been Jim Duffy's Morton. It wouldn't have surprised me at all if they were in a relegation scrap at the bottom of the table. But they'll host Hibs at Greenock on Saturday, sitting in the final playoff place. Have they surprised you as well, Des, how well they've done? Not hugely, uh, and I have to say that's down to the manager, Roger. Uh, again, a manager I've got a huge amount of time for. I think he's bordering between old-fashioned and new thinking. I think he, he is fully aware of the shapes of clubs and, and how he needs to get players to respond, but he's still got that little bit of steel that he's not going to put up with any snash from any players. So I think his standards are such that it doesn't really surprise me that Morton are where they are at the present time. And I think that's a very difficult game for Hibs going down to that smaller pitch at Capolo as well and the conditions. Capolo's not been known to hold the water particularly well, so that may work against Morton as well, to be fair, because they are a good football inside. Everyone is already talking about Rangers v Hibs on December 28, but the likes of Alan Stubbs, he, he won't be looking anywhere like that game, particularly when they've got trips to, to Morton you know, between now and then. Difficult trips where they could they could drop points. Aye, the the game against Rangers for Alan Stubbs will only become important, you know, immediately before it. He must keep delivering three points week in week out, keeping the pressure on Rangers. If Rangers drop points, he wants to be in a position to capitalise. There is no way that Alan Stubbs and his backroom team will be thinking, and players will be thinking at any point soon about the Rangers game. They'll only be focusing on the Morton trip, and they will understand and know fully that that is a real test for them. They've come an awful long way from the Hibs team that lost six at home to Rangers in that, in that petrified tie right at the very start of the season. Have you been as impressed as I have with the development under Alan Stubbs this season? Yeah, I have. I think, you know, in, in the past week we've heard people referring to coaches and managers as developmental managers. I think that's a term that you can certainly put Alan Stubbs' door. I think the way that he's got Hibs playing, the way that he's... Um, Obviously promoted some confidence to certain players. You, you saw how he did it with Scott Allen last year. You know Liam Henderson this season. Cummings, I mean, just fantastic from that perspective. I think Alan Stubbs has certainly shown that he's got plenty to offer. Okay, so that's great. Thanks very much for joining us in the Sunsport Podcast today. Thanks, Roger. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.